Welcome to Turn the Page. Design your dream career podcast with me, Tyann. And me, Kyla. This is the podcast we wish existed as we fantasized for a decade about trading our corporate jobs for a dreamy life of passion and travel. We're sharing all of the misperceptions that kept us plugged into the corporate matrix and rat race, including the falsehood that we had to completely start over from scratch versus simply turn the page. Hello, page turners. This is Tyann Osborne. I wanted to record a session for you today that was just me. You might have heard the previous session, which was our fearless co-host, Kyla Martin, telling you a little bit about her story and what it's like to work with her. So I wanted to do the same thing here because, as you know, we have a lot of similarities in what we do, but we do have a few key things that are a little bit different, and we thought it might be helpful to explain those things so you know where to go if you're looking for more information. So, you know, Kyla and I both have a corporate background. I graduated from Baylor with a degree in economics, sick and bears, and then eventually got an MBA through St. Edwards University in Austin. Had a kind of Fortune 50 background with companies like Pepsi, companies like Dell, and then was able to work in a private family foundation with a very large endowment for a number of years. And I always knew that I wanted to start my own business. So where did this come from? Because I'll have people, you know, just ask and say, where, 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 why were you even thinking about this? Well, I think starting out, I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. And even when I finally started my company, my mom said something about this isn't a surprise to me because I could just see, you know, you wanting to run the show and say how it's going to be. And I laughed and I thought that was funny. But really, my first job out of undergraduate was back in the mid 90s. And it was when the consulting firms were all the rage. And so this was back pre-Y2K. This was back when a bunch of the big accounting firms had their associated consulting arm. Um, Arthur Anderson had Anderson Consulting, for example. So there were a lot of those kind of things happening. And I remember um, a bunch of the different groups came on campus at Baylor to do coaching and interviewing for the seniors. I'm not even sure this still happens, but it was quite the luxury at the time. So one of the consulting firms came and they gave a bunch of their candidates analytical tests. And then they called me back and said, you scored really highly analytically. Would you like to come work for us? And I was so naive. I was like, sure. How, how hard can that be? What will I be doing? And that started a career in consulting. At the time, I was programming and had a little bit of experience programming in high school on some things that will definitely date me, but including basic and Fortran and Pascal, and then went with a consulting firm and then learned a few more things like uh, COBOL and C and Power Builder and SQL and those kind of things. So that really was my start into the business world. It was also enough of a start to know that is not what I wanted to do for a living. Um, I could do it with, you know, a, a baseline level of proficiency. But in terms of the things that really got me excited was I liked talking to users. I liked finding out what their requirements were, what their pain points were. And then I liked being able to go back and translate what we were able to build 
to see if it could solve their problem or meet their needs. So I really quickly got into what I just call the, the technical training or technical translation side of the house. And I liked that a lot. So that then kind of uh, started the ball rolling for the career I had after that and eventually got into learning and development, which is typically housed under the HR umbrella. And once I got into that umbrella, started learning the other parts of the HR world. But really, learning and development was my bread and butter. And that's the part that I still love the most. So in the late 90s, a lot of old Pepsi people came down to Austin to work at Dell. And I was among them. Because I'd had a technical background, I went into what was then called the product group, working with engineers, hardware and software engineers. And really learning that whole business, you know, being able to, again, translate things from one group to the next, ultimately had opportunities to work in sales and some other organizations, had the opportunity to do some really neat expatriate assignments, uh, one in Bangalore, India, and one in Shanghai, China. And I always say, especially when you're more junior in your career, the more you can put your hand up in the air, the better. Because I knew at some point later, I might be older, I might have a family, I might be living in a different situation. I might not be able to say yes as easily as I could when I was younger to things. So in the words of improv, yes and, right? So I always say yes. Sometimes I found myself in funny situations like that, but it um, has always served me well and has served as input into what I do. So if you listen to the previous episode with Kyla, she was talking about the difference between counseling and coaching. And I love what she said. I wrote it down that a counselor is really concerned with your mental health and that a coach is looking at your mental fitness. So one is helping you to survive on the counseling end and on the coaching end, one is really helping you to thrive. So I want you to continue that visual and think of coaching on one end now and consulting on the other. And so for me, I play along that spectrum. For coaching, it really is asking people that I work with questions to help them think, to help them pull out things they already know to be true about themselves, answers they already know, but really help them go through a thought process. Sometimes it's structured thinking processes. Sometimes it's exercises like you have heard she and I give to you. We hope to at least give you a handful of exercises on each podcast so you feel like it's worthwhile. So that's really coaching. It's just me helping you guide your learning. Now, on the other end of that is consulting. And again, when I first got out of undergrad, I was a consultant. That was my title. And consulting is we go in hands-on and provide either some sort of work product or work along beside you potentially to skill build so that you benefit from the knowledge that we have. So I really play on that continuum in a variety of areas. And one thing when someone comes to me and they would like to work with me, I spend quite a bit of time working with them on, do you need a coach or do you need a consultant? Do you need somebody to come in you know, right beside you, hands-on, and help. And the reason I say that is because I have this, you know, Fortune 50 background. I've had leadership positions. I've had expatriate decisions and um, positions to make. I've had executive-level roles. 
And a lot of times people come to me because of those experiences. They know I've had them and they're either wanting them or they're starting to poke their toe in that water and they need help. They need somebody who's got that experience who can help them. So again, that is very different than a coach who you might go to if you're potentially considering changing jobs or changing careers or trying to change a mindset, maybe trying to get some different ways of thinking inside. So I really have to ask, you know, where are we on this continuum and help people understand? So I hope that's helpful to understand kind of the counselor, the coach to consult it. Uh, believe me, I always say I'm not a counselor, even though I've stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. That is not what I do, but I am a consultant. So people will ask, you know, how did you get there? What is your experience? First, like I said, I was in the business school at Baylor, the Hankamer School of Business. It was a terrific uh, training ground for what I learned later, then going into an actual consulting firm. And believe me, if you've come out of a, one of those big consulting firms, you really get an, an education in systems thinking and how to organize your thinking and process. So it's really great for that. Then moving on to an MBA, it wasn't required for my job, certainly, but I'm a learner and I thought it would be extremely helpful. So again, being able to think in that systems way, being able to pull up from the details and get that real strategy was super helpful to me. And those are the kinds of experiences I'm able to bring to my clients now. Now, in terms of particular certifications, I decided to go deep into the world of Gallup Clifton Strengths in terms of an assessment that I choose to put my name and my weight in my business behind. As a good practitioner in the space, I will say there's never been an assessment I didn't want to take, including uh, Myers-Briggs or DISC or Enneagram or what dog are you, what kind of cake are you, what Harry Potter house are you in. Those of you who know me, you know I'm Ravenclaw. But when you look at the science behind those things, sometimes it's a little bit uh, less hardy than I would, than I would expect. So coming out of the businesses I did, it's really hard to go through those environments and not become a data person. So I wanted to go with the, the information that I thought was the best vetted that had, um, you know, was peer reviewed, was constantly being looked at in terms of, is this still valid? Is this reliable over time? What do the longitudinal studies say? What kinds of slices are we seeing coming out? From a programming point of view, the fact that Gallup maintains one database, as y'all know, means you can do all kinds of cool slices. Some of the other really common assessments out there have uh, really distributed their answers so they don't maintain one final database anymore. So it's a little harder for them to get their arms around trends. So after going through everything, I decided that is really what spoke to me. It spoke to the analytical side of me. And I saw the biggest difference in the clients I was working with. So two ways clients usually work with me. One is a team will discover me. A lot of my business is word of mouth. And they will say something like, hey, Ty, we're having a quarterly offsite event. Or we're having an annual leadership event. Or we're having you know, a semi-annual thing. We have some professional development time that we like to allocate. Can you help us there? So I like to call these sort of the big bang events or the catalyst events. 
And I love those. If there's a stage, even better. You might have heard, you know, I like to arrive in a cloud of glitter. Um, I love a stage. I love large groups. So 200 or plus, that is not a problem. Music, the whole thing. And that kind of event is really for me to help people understand that they have innate talents, how those things start to show up for them at work and in life, how to start understanding the talents of their teammates, how to start seeing that play out. How can you use this in putting projects together? How does this affect engagement, which is one of my favorite topics? And then how can you use these things to navigate challenges? So that really is the start to something. And then working with the learning and development teams or HR teams or management teams after the big event to continue the momentum and keep things alive. So things that might continue the momentum would be how about strengths and application? Let's take some actual goals for your team or your division and look at how we apply strengths to those. Let's actually break out and do some work product on that. Or strengths and selling. Here's the deal. In case you didn't know it, you're in sales, even if your title doesn't have sales in it. We are all in sales because we are all are trying to affect other people to do something. We either want them to buy from us, we want them to work uh, with us, we want them to work for us, we want them to do something. And that, my friends, is selling. And if we don't know any better, we tend to sell from the style that works for us. Well, that may or may not be the style that works for your clients or your customers. So there's a whole thing we can do on strengths-based selling. We can also look at strengths-based leadership, where we take people managers, especially second-level people managers and above, and we look at specific data as to what employees need and how do we integrate this into the cadence of our business. So what do one-on-ones look like and how are they different? What do you know team meetings look like and how are they different? What about team communication cadence and how that's different? What about performance feedback and performance check-ins and how that's different? So that's a piece of work that we can do. And as you can imagine, we can take strengths and apply it to so many things. Okay, so that's one big piece of work. A couple of other things can often happen. Either one person will then call me after that session and say, oh my gosh, I really want you to work with me. A lot of times it's an executive or the leader of the group and will say, I want to go deeper into this for myself. Um, I want to learn more about my talents. How can I be a better leader? And so then we might start engaging in a coaching relationship where I might meet with that person every couple of weeks. We look at what is on their performance plan. What are they being held accountable for? What strengths do they have? How are those showing up? What kind of yucks do they have? What kind of those strengths vampires are showing up? How can we overcome those? So that's a big piece of work, too. Another way that I've worked with teams is being brought in to say, you know, we've got these two people who are having a hard time working together. And a lot of times in my mind, I'm thinking, can this marriage be saved? You might have read that old, um, that old column that used to be in a magazine, can this marriage be saved? And often it's not because anyone hates each other. It's because we have two wildly different points of view that we are starting from. So helping each person understand that really can help with compassion and then we can keep our focus on outcomes as opposed to personal attacks or jabs. 
we can look at, oh, this is what that person needs from me in order to make a decision. And I've not been providing that to them. And then here's what I need. And I'm not getting that from this person. And then over time, we get behaviors that are ingrained in our brain. You know, Kyla talks about neural pathways a lot. That can become a neural pathway that's unhelpful, that is not great for us. So I can help work individually with people or small groups who've got some ingrained behaviors that we could undo. We could make a little bit better. And then the third thing that I love to do, especially once we have kicked off a strengths-based organization, is what do we do about the new people that come on board and they've already missed, you know, the big kickoff event? Well, that's fine. Oftentimes my team, we will take them, we will help them go through a strengths assessment. I will meet with them virtually or in person and do a deep dive with them into their talents and strengths and then help them see how do they fit into the existing team at large. So I can really help them understand, okay, here's where your manager's coming from. Here's the people that you're working from, here's where they're coming from. And then I'll update the team data and give that back to the leader so that now they have uh, constant update, updated um, team data information that they can use for project assessments, feedback, that kind of thing. So I love that so much. There's so many different ways that we can get involved. But again, usually it's either from one-on-one, kind of coaching point of view, up to the big event or the ongoing event, as I like to call it. So hopefully that makes that um, a little bit more clear for you. And especially with consulting, I was going to say one of the benefits there is because I have had this experience. And again, I do. I am a huge learner. I continue to read and I work with so many Fortune 50 companies. I really have some best practices. So by using me in a consulting capacity, Someone doesn't have to reinvent that wheel and learn all of those things themselves. I love using consultants in my business because this is where, for example, I don't have to learn how to do QuickBooks. I can bring in a QuickBooks expert and then just come along beside that person when I need to know certain things or pull out certain data, but I don't have to learn it. I can leverage um, somebody else's learning. So a couple things. Often, you know, I'll get people who come up to me at the end of a session and say, oh, my gosh, I want to be you. How did, how did you do this? How did you become you? Well, you don't want to be me. You want to be the best version of you is what I really hear with that. And you want to be aligned. Like that's the title of my upcoming book for it's coming out next year, A Life Aligned. And that's how, you know, I created this world for myself. I didn't know anyone else who was doing this. When I, you know, left my big job, when I went and got certified by Gallup, and by the way, that's a really rigorous certification and has a huge code of ethics and ongoing learning to keep that certification up. But that's what it's important to me. And then not only now do I get to do that, I get to decide what mix I like the best in terms of training, virtual training, in-person training, consulting, coaching. I get to decide if I want to work locally. Or if I want to work all over the globe, guess what? I love to travel. So I'll take as many travel assignments as I can because I love that so much. I also get to decide if I work um, synchronously with clients or if I work asynchronously. And this is something I'm not sure before the pandemic I would have had language to put around. But I decided, I discovered for me, I like to work asynchronously. Maybe I have other things happening during the day that I need to take care of, you know, family obligations or something. And so maybe working for me at an off time is better. 
And that's fine. I really discovered I have no desire to go back to corporate America and be pinned to my seat for eight to 12 hours a day. No, thank you. Nor do I want to be at home pinned to Slack or Zoom or Teams for eight to 10 hours a day. Uh, that is not what I want to do. So a couple things that I wanted to share with you really fast on, you know, one, one step you can get started with um, to think about your talents, because that, that's all we're talking about. When I'm talking about strengths, I'm talking about talents plus investment on top of them. So if you're like, hey, Ty, I don't know what my talents are. Um, you know, I, I thought I had some in the past, but those have just been squashed down. So A, you're not alone. So many people think that. You can do a couple things. You can hop over to my website, which is tyannosborn.com. So very easy, T-Y-A-N-N-O-S-B-O-R-N.com and click on the buy codes. If you go there, it's real easy to purchase a strengths top five report for yourself or a full 34 report for yourself. You can just click that, easy peasy. But if you're not quite ready to do that or you'd rather work with me as a coach on that, that's fine. You know, one thing you can start without any kind of assessment is what I call a clue to talent. Okay, we've got some little clues, clues to talent. And I have my, you know, C-suite people do this. I've got frontline employees do this. I just want you to be aware. And I want you to be aware, um, actively aware for about a week of when you do things and when you're going through your day and you like it. Okay, this is going to sound super easy, but I promise you there's there's a, a method to the madness. Just capture on your phone or, you know, go go old school analog, have a little sheet of paper or capture on your phone. What is something that you liked? Today I got to um, I got to get dressed up. I got to go into downtown Austin and I got to meet actually my video producer, Yael. I got to meet her for the first time in real life. This is someone I work with so closely and she lives um, either in New York or LA. And so I don't get to see her very often. So a few things about that. A, I don't love um, having to do full hair and makeup and drive into downtown Austin. That's not my favorite. But I do love getting to meet people in real life. And so she's one of my favorite people already. I got to meet her in real life. And that was so fun. And when I was done with our lunch, I felt so restored and so energized and we took a cute picture and like I just can't wait to tell people about it. So that would be something to notice. What brings you energy? What do you like? Now there could be parts of it that you're like, oh, I, you know, not super excited about going into traffic and that's fine. You can kind of capture those two different things. But I really want you to just go through your day and, you know, you can even set a timer for once every 30 minutes or once every hour on your phone for it to ding and for you to say, oh, is there something happening here which is bringing me energy? Now, honestly, the answer might be no. And that's okay. We want to capture that. All we're trying to do is get a baseline awareness of where we are. But the things that do bring you energy, I really want you to come down on, because sometimes people will say like, gosh, you know, I'm not carrying cancer. I'm like, well, who is? I mean, I'm not either. But if I get excited about talking to someone, if I get excited, I get an unexpected email from someone or an unexpected text and I get to respond back. If I look at a funny meme, if somebody sends me a TikTok and it makes me laugh, if I'm able to get a proposal out the door and feel really good about that and this client that I want to work with, whatever that is, capture that stuff. Because what we want to do is hear what we, you know, listen to me. 
We want to replicate success. We want to replicate success. And the only way we can replicate success is if we get very granular and very specific on what success is. And success makes us feel good. It makes us feel like we want to do it again. Now, maybe I don't know all there is to know about it. That's fine. I'm a learner. I'm still open to a ton of things, right? But whatever it was made me feel good. I want to do it again. And so we want to replicate the nature of success by capturing that very, very specific thing so that I can replicate it, which only means I'm going to work to get more of that in my life and I'm going to work to get fewer vampires in my life or I'm going to figure out how that success can mitigate a vampire. So that's your task for this week's podcast. I'm going to leave it there. If you want to find me, again, you know my website, tyannosborne.com. Hop over there. There's a contact me form. You can also go to our podcast website, which is Turn the Page with Kyla and Tyann, and just hit the About Tyann button, and it'll take you back to, to me. My email address, this is the fun thing about having an, a, a unique name is you get all the URLs. So tyann at tyannosborne.com. Shoot me a note there and we'll see how we can work together. But again, I wish you well. I wish you success and strength. And I want you to be paying attention to when you have those little glimmers of strength in your life. All right, page turners. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. If you'd like to turn the page and design your dream career and life, check out our website at turnthepagewithkylaandtyann.com. While you're there, you can download some fun freebies, see the show notes for the podcast, and also see some behind-the-scenes photos. Those are my favorite. If you'd like to reach us, there's two ways. I'm Tyann, and I specialize in strengths training, speaking, and coaching. You can go over to the website and reach me by clicking the About Tie-In button. If you'd like to work with me, Kyla, for transition or life coaching, click on the About Kyla section. This podcast was brought to you by Kyla Martin Consulting and Osborne Consulting Group.